Hi, I'm Kanika, and you're listening to That's Total Mom Sense, the podcast, where I interview public figures on their life lessons in parenting, legacy, and built-in sixth sense. Hey, what's up? I'm Kelly Rowland, and you're checking out That's Total Mom Sense. Hi, this is Chelsea Clinton, and my experience on That's Total Mom Sense was fantastic. It's me, Bobby Brown. Can't wait to share my story. Thank you to my guests, brand partners, community, and you for making this show possible. Episodes release every Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can join my tribe by logging on to thatstotalmomsense.com and by following me on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram at Kanika Chadda Gupta. Now let's dive in to today's episode. And now a word from our sponsors. Hi, it's Kanika. Do you dream about being able to take your kids to the park on a random weekday and have a career that fuels your creativity? Yes, this is actually possible. And that's why I partnered with Amanda Rush Holmes, founder of Full Time VA, to sponsor this episode. What's the answer, you ask? Becoming a virtual assistant. As a virtual assistant, you can offer the services you want to offer, set your own rates, work the hours you want to work, and be your own boss. Now you might be thinking, that sounds too good to be true. How do I get started? Amanda has put together a free training on how to become a virtual assistant that makes full-time income with part-time hours. And as a special gift for that Total Mom Sense listeners, when you go to thefulltimeva.com backslash momsense, Amanda is also including a bonus free guide, the VA Kickstarter Workbook. So visit thefulltimeva.com backslash momsense for the free training and guide. From the physical labor and load of taking care of our kids, making strides in our careers, keeping our marriages or partnerships together, or dating if you're solo parenting, to working out and taking care of ourselves... Do you constantly feel bogged down, burnt out, and like you'll never really be happy? Believe me, I am in the same boat. I am joined by an expert who reprogrammed herself and is helping others reframe their mindsets to live their best lives. Heather Chauvin is a leadership coach who helps ambitious, overwhelmed women break free from their fears to courageously and authentically live work, and parent on their own terms. She's a TEDx speaker, author of Dying to Be a Good Mother, and host of the highly loved podcast, Emotionally Uncomfortable, with over 8 million downloads and counting. Heather started her career as a social worker, helping adults understand children's behavior. But it wasn't until 2013 when a stage four cancer diagnosis pushed her to take a deeper stand for change, uncovering how cultural expectations sabotage our dreams. She's been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, Real Simple Magazine, Mind Body Green, Google, and more. When Heather isn't working, you'll find her living out what she teaches, which may include kayaking in Alaska, snowboarding, hiking, or anything else that challenges what she believes is possible for herself and invites her kids to join her on her journey. Heather, thank you so much for joining me on That's Total Mom Sense today. Thank you, Kanika. I'm so excited to be here. Well, let's start with your childhood. I love to see the arc. What was a young Heather like? Oh, boy. (laughs) Young Heather was an only child of a divorced family. 
who spent a lot of time alone and never feeling like she was enough. Like that in between of, you know, in a generation of adults who had no emotional intelligence skills, didn't know how to emotionally be present and showed love in their own way. But yeah, I spent a lot of time alone. My mother and I actually used to live in a trailer park. And then every other week I would go spend time with my dad who was uh, remarried and she had her own children. And it was interesting because when I would go there, I would feel like I had that sense of family. And then I would go back home to my mother. It was just her and I, and I was the mother to my mother. Tell us about your motherhood journey. I became a mom when I was 18. All my friends would say to me, if anyone can handle this, you can handle this because I was the mother to everybody else. But I remember looking at my son for the first time being young and single. Father was not in the picture and thinking, I don't want to become a statistic. And I already felt like I was failing on a deep primal level because I was doing things backwards. And so that was kind of where my drive to pursue and become really, really started. And of course, culturally, I was praised for that, not realizing that was really starting me on this, this hustle, overgiver, overachiever identity that I created in my mothering, literally coming into motherhood, not feeling like I was enough, therefore being a perfectionist and an overachiever and being applauded for it. So when I became a mom, I you know, fell in love with seeing and understanding my son's behavior. I have three boys now. My oldest is 18. The other two are 13 and 10. And I became a social worker. And then when I decided to leave my social work job because I wanted to make a bigger impact in the world, again, I was trying to balance, and I'm using air quotes, how to pursue my inner desires to make an impact in my career while also being the mother I wanted to be. Like I mentioned, the hustler, the overachiever, but there was always this part of me that was like, not this, not this, not this. And so 10 years ago, when I I was diagnosed with a stage four cancer while I was building my business, left my, my corporate career. So like sign the paperwork, no safety net. I took it as a sign from the universe that was like, you need to actually implement all these things that you've been learning about personal development, like you need to embody who you want to become for your children. And although that was an incredibly scary, terrifying moment in my life, I had to face my deepest fears head on and chronically ask myself, how do you want to feel and start living from that energy, start parenting from that energy. And I've never looked back. And that has been how I've literally aligned my life with my actions and what I teach women today. I tell this story a lot where, first of all, I went to the emergency room day one because there was two days. First day I left, my husband told me to go to the emergency room. And I remember walking in and I had abdominal bloating and mild back pain. And I thought mentally, intellectually, I thought, okay, I have a gluten allergy or inflammation or something, no big deal. And I actually remember walking into the hospital thinking I didn't qualify to be there. I wasn't sick enough, like air quotes, like I don't matter. So I went home and the next day my husband drove me to the hospital and he said, I am not going to let you leave until you are actually seen by a doctor. They did a CT of my abdomen and blood work and on the spot told me that I had cancer. 
there was this inner knowing inside of me that already knew that. And so when I was walking out of the hospital that night, everything was slow motion. It was in December, so it should have been snowing, but it was raining. And I just remember looking up thinking, okay, God, universe source, whoever I'm talking to, you finally have my attention. And what that meant to me was I will listen instead of go, 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 go. I will listen. I will pay attention. I will walk slower. I will be methodical about my actions because clearly what I'm doing is not working. So I finally surrendered to receiving help. It's in this like strange and really sad way. Cancer gave you permission to pause. Mm -hmm. The interesting part about that was I was invested in personal development almost nine years before my diagnosis. So I was already acquiring all this information, but there was a story inside of me that said, I am a mother, therefore I cannot. And I didn't see any role models. I didn't see any other women that were doing mothering from a place of aliveness and they were doing work from a place of aliveness, like with extra, right? That abundance, the abundance of feeling like they had time, they had energy because we're literally conditioned to give, 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 but we are created to receive. We are created to be creators. Like we literally bring life, right? We we make a house, a home, all the things. We are creators, but culturally we've been conditioned to give, 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 give. So when there's nothing left in the tank, when there's nothing left in the cup, we have nothing else left to give and we're running on empty. And so it was so counterintuitive, but I literally felt like I checked the box and I was like, okay. If everything that I have done to get me to this point has left me broke, sick, miserable, angry, and resentful, I am going to choose different. And even if that means challenging myself, challenging my parents, challenging my own mentors, I am determined to feel alive because I don't want to die. And so I had to reverse and I had to start reverse engineering how I wanted to feel in all areas of my life. How do we like address our kids needs and then have it like fix our own? I'm the type of person that likes to read all the books, to do all the things. And then I look at the through line and every single time I have read a book, it's always about role modeling. And so I had to give up on trying to control somebody else's behavior. I can't get my kids to do anything, but the only thing I can do is influence. And so I had to see the whole picture very differently. That if Mm. you literally have nothing left in your cup to give, you are living in a state of survival and you are in your red zone. So when your kids do something, your reaction to fight or flight is going to be so much quicker than if you were living in a state of yellow or green, meaning if you have more in your cup to give. So what I had to do is realize how, what is it that I want? Like magic wand, regardless if I don't feel that, It's possible or not, because I think beliefs and stories that we tell ourselves are really, really strong. Therefore, that's why we always end up living and not changing. 
But if I cast a vision for what I want my life to look like, that has nothing to do with controlling other people, meaning I can't control what my children eat. I can't control what time they go to bed. I can influence it. I can't control how they interact with each other, with the power struggles. But what I can do is influence the energy around them. So if I talk about how I want to feel and what I want that to look like in my own personal life, and then I get clear on what the feeling is, and then I start reverse engineering that in my own life, what ends up happening is I feel fuller. I am more energetically in alignment so that when my kids do start arguing with each other, I am not reactive the way that I typically would, which mm. influences my parenting, which influences my relationships and influences the energy in the home. So it's like a much bigger bird's eye view. And then you start to reverse engineer. But one of the things that I see or in that my own personal challenge and also my um, client's challenge is we want to change other people. We want to change something outside of ourselves first because we perceive that to be easier. But in reality, we have to change from the inside out. So when I started my business, it was my podcast was called Mom is in Control because they're like, I want to be in control. I want to be <laughs> controlling. I want to do all the things. But reality is we have to control our emotional state. And when you know and you have confidence on how to control your emotional state and how to like kind of manipulate your own emotional energy, then it the children don't become an issue because you see them differently. You're not seeing them from the state of survival and crisis of like, just listen to me. I don't have capacity. You're like, right. all right, you're having a moment right now. Your blood sugar is low. I missed that cue, right? Or you're challenged. You're both tired. Like, let's separate you. Let's put you in the room. So we begin to see things differently. At mealtime, if they're just getting distracted, goofing off, but it's time to like wrap it up, finish your cereal, we got to get to school without having to repeat that or even getting down low, saying that, you know, eye to eye, like, I need you to finish. We got to go. How do we manage mealtime like that mm -hmm. where it's peaceful, they do what they got to do and, and you're not controlling them? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be, but we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. So number one, as I heard you say that you want to feel peaceful, that's the energy that you want to feel. So yeah. there's things that happen way before dinner time. So one is I, so I have children who have like sensory stuff and, you know, neuro uh, diverse. So there's a lot of energetic chaos that can happen in the morning. And so what I had to learn, and this took time, it wasn't a one and done is where the stressy like the stressful points in the morning. And I would start to try to get ahead of it. So example is 
observing and noticing where the stress actually starts. Right. And so mm-hmm. for me and my family, it was socks. I would, you know, their clothes would be ready the night before, but then the chaos would happen when the socks would start. So then I was like, okay, which socks will you actually wear? And then I got, I threw out all the other socks. I was like, I don't care if you wear this one pair of socks every single day. I don't care if that's all we have right now. You can wear the same dirty socks every day. And then I'm going to go on Amazon or somewhere and I'm going to buy them in bulk. And you're wearing this one sock. And I don't care if you'll wear one outfit every day. I will buy it in bulk and you will repeat it Monday through Friday, maybe a different color or something like that. So number one is I had to look at the point of stress and then I had to actually have the capacity. And this is where I think people get in their head about it. So like, I I don't have the capacity because we're living in a state of survival mode. So when you're living in a state of survival mode, you're being very reactionary instead of that moment, instead of looking back a little bit, taking an inhale and an exhale. So observing what you can do ahead of time that is not going to stress you out so you can create more capacity day of, right? There's number Mm -hmm. one. Number two is I guarantee you, you are a sensitive person. We all are, but I find women who are very attuned with like, all these things, we're actually sensitive beings, right? So we're getting triggered by the screaming. We're getting triggered by the stress responses. So what I started doing is putting headphones on um, Mm. and listening to calming music in the morning, whether I just wanted to listen to it myself or I had it going in the background and setting the tone for the whole family. So the Mm. environment was a calm and peaceful environment, but at the same time, and a lot of people that I say this to, they have weirdness about it. I would start wearing earplugs just because it toned everything down for me. And then I was less reactive. Also, I think it's changing the expectation of food. Food rules are such a huge trigger and I don't have a nutrition background, but I have done a lot of inner work on food. And it's like how we've grown up, like finish everything on your plate, like putting that pressure. Our children will not starve. And so when I stop taking all or putting this expectation on food, if they've had one bite, great. That's all they need, right? You're like, what are they going to eat? Like my son was just eating cucumbers forever. So I'm like, if that's all you'll eat in the morning is cucumbers. Great. My fear of my child, not having the nutrients that they needed. That was my issue, not my child's. I also have a rule where I will not yell. So this happened a long time ago where I gave up on yelling. I won't raise my voice. It's a it's a non-negotiable for me. I can't tell you the last time I actually yelled. And if I do, I know that it is a nervous system misregulation that I have done on my behalf. But when we teach our kids that we are yelling and we, we they need to listen to us, we're actually conditioning our children like, oh, she's not yelling yet. Therefore, I don't need to take action. So I just don't yell. That took some time as well for my kids to realize like we need to move. But yeah, I, I'm i like, how can I get ahead of this game? If my kids need to be out in 20 minutes, I'm going to act as if they need to be out the door right now and we get things going a lot sooner. I need to regulate my nervous system and we're just head you know, head out the door as the kids get older, it's also natural consequence. So no food, no coat, no <laughs> lunch. It's like natural consequences. You're going to be hungry. Hopefully the next day you will eat. Um, and yeah, you yeah. learned and yeah, you'll fix it for the next time. Oh my God. My mind is just like, 
Yeah. That's if you, if you put a no amazing. yelling rule, you will learn a lot about yourself as to why you're yelling and you start to take more ownership uh, as to like how you got there. And that really makes a huge influence on the energy in the, in the home. In your book, Dying to Be a Good Mother, you uncover the concept of EMT. Can you, ETM, yeah, ETM, sorry. And uh, yeah, can you break that down for us? Yeah. So ETM is energetic time management and it's the strategy behind how to manage your energy, not time. I've even taken it one step further since the book and who knows, maybe this will be the next book, but the 10 minute habit rule, because as women with full plates, we don't, we quote unquote, don't have time. When someone tells you they don't have time, you got to break it down as simple as possible. So I tell people take 10 minutes a day doing one thing that's in alignment with how you want to feel. So there's a, like a five or six step process that I bring people through inside of the book. I also do this inside of a challenge that I have online and you get very clear on what it is that you want. I tell people all the time, this is the journal prompt I use. Wouldn't it be nice if Ooh. I'm not asking you what you want or what you need. There's too much pressure there. Wouldn't it be nice if it's kind of magic wand, right? Whatever you write underneath that question, and I still use this question on the daily, on the week, the weekly basis. It could be in your work, in your marriage, in yourself, anything. Wouldn't it be nice if I could just have a day off? Wouldn't it be nice if I could have a glass of water? Like to the tiny things, to the big things, there's a feeling behind all of those desires right? And you're going to start to notice patterns. The pattern might be peace. It might be calm. It might be abundance. It might be full. It might be fulfilled. We're all after a feeling. We're not actually after the thing. So we'll say, we're going to say, I want more money. That's a goal. You go get the goal and you're like, well, I got the money, but I don't, why am I not fulfilled? Right? Uh, what was yeah. it you were actually seeking? So I break it down for people on the feeling and then we break it down one step further of like, what are the things that are going to help you feel that way now? And you start physically putting those on your calendar first. And that's why I encourage people to do it in 10 minute increments because that feels doable. And then again, you're slowly, 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 slowly filling your cup. And then that's where the magic happens. So I tell people, don't believe me. Just start rinsing and repeating and taking action. And it is so fun when I get that resistant woman. And one of my favorite people to talk about recently is this lawyer who started working with me. And she's like, when I started working with you, I thought you were crazy. I thought you were this like online wackadoodle coach person. And she goes, for the first time in my life, I am not living in survival mode. I can leave my business feeling confident that my team will take care of everything. I'm leaving the country with my kids and I am 100% present. And she goes, it took me a long time to get here, but I actually understand now what you mean by reverse engineering how you want to feel. And all through COVID, when I was working with people too, they're like, I get it now. Like, I get it. I'm not stressed out. I had to literally create this concept because I was dying. I was taking all of the personal development and I was like, okay, I get the woo-woo. I get the law of attraction. I get all of mm -hmm. that. But what, like, can you break this down for me? For a woman who's got a lot on my plate and I can't neglect my children and I can't, I got to pay the bills. And so it's about reverse engineering how you want to feel 10 minutes at a time. What are some of the micro habits that you enacted that changed your life? I ask myself a million times a day, 
are you in alignment with how you want to feel and what do you need? So example, if I'm like meeting to meeting to meeting, my brain will go to like, what do you need to do by end of week? And I trust myself deeply. So I'm like, oh, I need to make that massage appointment. I need to make the acupuncture appointment. I will put alarms on my phone to get up and move. I will put alarms on my phone to drink my water, to eat. And now that I have done that, it has become like a thing where I just sit here with a huge thing of water. (laughs) Like my body now knows. And eliminating drama from my life. It's actually wildly interesting I can feel that energy coming towards me. Like when people are like complaining or, and it's not that I'm like, oh, I never want to talk to people that are complaining again because I do it all the time, but it's like, I can have boundaries with it. I can be like, oh, cool. And what are you doing about that? So these little tiny micro habits, when I first started, it was literally get in the shower every day. That was my micro habit. Get in the shower every day, drink a glass of water, go for a 10 minute walk, journal one line to send that that email that you don't think you want to send, send the pitch that you don't want to send, having little connection moments with my children. I had to put these things on my calendar. I had to have alarms with them to literally retrain my body and my brain where now it has become like second nature to me. And what have you learned from your kids? Mm. Every child has shown me something different. I would say my oldest definitely taught me to live, like physically figure out what it means to live, like truly show up and that you don't have to become a statistic in anything that people, you know, the limitations that people put on you. My second child, my middle one taught me how to laugh. He came out of the womb, like with a huge smile on his face. He also taught me about traditional discipline because that kid, you could not discipline traditionally. He would just sit there and laugh at you. And I was like, (laughs) oh crap, this is not working. So he really taught me about like natural consequence. And yeah, he challenged me to the core when it came to that. Um, Also managing my energy. I stopped drinking coffee for a while when he was a toddler because he would send my nervous system into fight or flight. And I had to figure out how to take care of myself first because I would just... He'd wake up and I would be like, oh God, he's awake because he was like a tornado. Mm-hmm. And my youngest really taught me to deeply trust myself. He's a little creative soul that I've never had to yell at him. I've never had to like discipline him. If I even say, hey, you know, he 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 literally drops a glass and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> and so I just like, oh world, please be kind to him. So he's taught me how to trust myself and uh, really honor the parts of myself that you know, maybe the world has hardened a little bit. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Tell us about a mom sense moment you had. um, And I feel like your entire life and how you conduct your life is a big mom sense journey. Um, But it's, you know, a a time where you, you trusted that sixth sense in you. Recently, I've actually asked myself, how would you, especially for business, I'm like, how would you run your business if you deeply trusted yourself. That's different than parenting. Parenting gets almost primal. Like when you're advocating for your children for their health, especially for my kids and their mental health or education, I bypass the ego and I just go right into mama bear. But I, I'm always asking myself as well, when there's fear or doubt, if I actually did trust myself, how would I act? What action would I take right now? 
And then I try to have the courage to live and act from that place. And it's never let me down. Is there a quote that you live by? Stephen Pressfield, the war of art, I believe, is we have two lives, the life we live and the unlived life within us. And that quote really always brings me back to, am I living or am I surviving? And if I feel like I'm surviving, then I'm going to have this feeling of like, like, you know, if I'm just checking the boxes every day, doing the to-do list, I'm going to have this feeling of like, ugh, dead inside, like, oh, I'm stuck. Oh, I'm comfortable. I know I need to challenge myself again and get back to my roots of what's the bigger vision? Wouldn't it be nice if, and start breaking through and putting more feelings in my life. And when I do that, and it's so easy to get back there. So that is the quote I live by. And where can my audience find you? Really active on the podcast, emotionally uncomfortable, my energetic time management. We have a process. It's a five-part process, 10-minute like audios you can listen to on the go. And you can check that out at Heather Chauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N.com forward slash E-T-M. It will change your life. Awesome. Heather, this was a joy. Thank you so much for all the gems. And I'm just so excited to enact really how you found is just a wonderful way to lead your life. And I know my listeners are going to feel the exact same way. Thank you for listening to my episode with Heather Chauvin. As her website states, become the leader of your own life, get out of survival mode and step into your wildest dreams. Find your breakthrough. You can find her book, Dying to Be a Good Mother, wherever books are sold, and tune into her podcast, Emotionally Uncomfortable. Heather, thanks so much for your glorious insights. I've already had my very own breakthroughs and have put a lot of these micro habits in place this week. To learn more about That's Total Mom Sense, just log on to my website, that's totalmomsense.com. I'm most active on Instagram and TikTok. The handle is at Kanika Chadda Gupta. And I'm now releasing YouTube shorts. They are reels that are highlights of all my interviews. And they're great teasers for the various topics that we cover. And now a word from our sponsors. Hi again, it's Kanika. Before we wrap up, have you tirelessly been Googling the best work from home jobs? Are you looking for the type of job that allows you to show up in the most important parts of your life yet still bring home a paycheck? Or are you looking for a side hustle that fits into your already packed schedule? You might even have exhausted a search or 10 on Google, Instagram, and random mom groups trying to find a work from home job, one that pays well, offers flexibility, and won't bore you out of your mind. As a mom of three, it's important to me to be present and spend time with my kids after school while having a thriving career in podcasting during the hours that work for me. And that's why I partnered with Amanda Rush Holmes, founder of Full-Time VA, to sponsor this episode because she gets it. As parents, we can't be in two places at once and work-life balance is a misnomer. A career as a virtual assistant allows you to set hours that work for you so you have time for your family and you each week. Being a virtual assistant comes with amazing perks like offering the services you want to offer, setting your own rates, working the hours you want to work, and being your own boss. 
This is how you can be present for your family and have a fulfilling career, bringing in income on your own terms. No more wishing, hoping, and Googling. Now you might be thinking, this sounds good, but how do I actually get started as a virtual assistant? Amanda has put together a free training on how to be a virtual assistant that makes full-time income with part-time hours. There are actually two versions of this training. So whether you're looking to ditch your nine to five or start a side hustle, there is a customized training for you. And as a special gift for that Total Mom Sense podcast listeners, when you visit thefulltimeva.com backslash momsense, Amanda is also including a bonus free guide, the VA Kickstarter workbook. So visit thefulltimeva.com backslash momsense to grab your free training and guide. Now back to the interview. Total Mom Sense. 